Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Now that we have driven you, Jeff, we want to make sure that you are aware of the fact that this is our New Year's Eve show. This is January 1st, 2017. It's December 31st, but we're making this for January 1st. All right. We've decided not to pop the champagne. Well, We decided to have a coherent show, at least at the beginning this time. Well, maybe we need to introduce ourselves, huh? This is Ken, your RV navigator, on New Year's Eve. And Martha, the co-pilot, talking to you from our home away from home in our campsite in the great outdoors in Titusville, Florida. Since we've spoken to you last, we've made a round trip between here and home, and now we're back again. Uh, We were home to celebrate the holidays in true holiday, snowy, cold weather, and we're glad to be back. Well, back to the warm, and we commiserate with all of you who are probably still in the cold. We read the blogs and things, and people camp in the most ugly weather. Some people are not weenies. <laughs> oh, jeez. I guess my my wife cuts me down all the time. Jeez. Some Any, people enjoy cross-country skiing anyway, and ice skating and snowmobiling. Based, based on past experiences we've decided not to pop the champagne at the beginning of the show for obvious reasons some of you seem to like it very much (laughs) we're not sure why but we're we're just going to do a little bit of uh new year's eve this is our traditional really done on new year's eve show and i have uh some editing to do and then it'll be up later on on january 1st but because we've just come back and forth from home and we left after christmas we've gotten to our new year's eve location a bit earlier than usual so we've had time to figure out how to do it and what to do and perhaps we'll have a better result, and, perhaps less amusing yeah, well, at the end. Well, who knows? We might even have some visitors. Well, this could be quite an eclectic sort of show, I think, because we have uh, very interesting topics. We'll start off with a few serious ones and then maybe get a little bit more frivolous. We'll degenerate from there. Degenerate. I question that. Well, our last episode, if you've listened to it, we talked quite a lot about retirement and... And financial planning. And financial planning. And this was a result of listening to a couple of uh, other podcasters who have had some problems in their retirement. And as you know, we have been doing pretty well. Uh, Several of you emailed that you were very (laughs) interested to hear our story because you assumed that we were... Independently wealthy. Independently wealthy, that we were some kind of entrepreneurs and had earned millions of dollars, which I guess is understandable, but it's certainly not true. Well, and to be honest, we spend most of our money on <laughs> retirement and technology. So. Well, yes, and I think we have focused ourselves on certain things, and that's where we spend our money. But let us reassure you that we are have been working stiffs for uh, most of our lives, and we, as we mentioned, we retired in our late 50s, uh, luckily, because we had a nice buyout and we couldn't resist. Um, the state of Illinois has, for educators... 
has actually what's turned out to be quite a nice retirement plan. Something we didn't give due consideration to when when we we were young. Right. Because when you're young, it's hard to imagine ever being this old. Yeah. And and we saved quite diligently, but still you don't have enough money to really put it away for, for good. So having a fixed pension, and the state of Illinois provided us with a pension that at our uh, stage of working after almost 40 years, you got 75% of your salary for the rest of your life, which turned out to be pretty good because 75% is a decent number to live on because you're not paying into your pensions, you're not really saving, and so it has provided us with a comfortable living, but not opulent. Is on my my sense. Is anyone who reads the newspaper today understands um, pensions have become a rare and precious yes, commodity, right. and we appreciate having but one that was very the norm much. When we started, because it seems daunting when I think about trying to save enough to duplicate the monthly income that we get through our pension. Exactly. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling, and you would really have to start planning in a purposeful way as a young person, which we did not because we knew well, we had well, we a pension. we saved over 10%, right. and we, as we mentioned, well, we are not eligible for Social Security. This is an unusual situation, I think. Uh, but government employees, as a rule, probably don't get Social Security. We paid in to a state-funded pension plan, and that has worked out pretty well for us. Now, we do know some teacher colleagues who worked in the summer and contributed to Social Security through their summer work and have gotten some small Social Security stipends in addition to the pension, which we didn't do. So if you put in your 40 quarters or whatever you needed, we would get minimum Social Security, but primarily our income comes from our state pension. And I don't want you to assume that your teacher friends in other states have the same situation as we do. This seems to vary widely from state to state. As we have talked to our retired colleagues, And something we very much profited from is the fact that the language outlining our pension agreement is in our state constitution, because in these days of belt tightening and cutting, pensions are something that uh, legislators try to come after, and we've been very fortunate in that regard going all the way to our Supreme Court in Illinois uh, when they tried to take away the (laughs) pension that we had spent our working years saving for. Uh, So you need to talk to your teacher friends wherever you live if you are curious about their situation Mm -hmm. financially. But almost universally, teachers are not eligible for Social Security, as far as I I can tell. Anyway, if you are looking at retirement and you're looking at the way we live and you are looking at making that uh, your lifestyle, too, we pointed out last time that we put up several interesting articles on the RV Navigator website for this episode. And for this episode, we're going to put up uh, some more because we found some. A lot of people like to keep busy, and one of the ways you keep busy is by doing work camping. And this allows you to earn a little bit of money and also has the option to keep you busy. And uh, we mentioned this a little bit last time, but I put up a nice article there uh, from Mobile RVing called Work Camping, How to Get Where You Want. And that's a way for you to earn some money as you travel down the road. Also, the current issue, the January 2017 issue of Consumer Reports, 
Penn's Bible, uh, has several articles about, actually the whole article, the whole magazine issue is devoted to retirement, but it has several relevant articles. Uh, Are you on the right track for retirement? Yes. Uh, Fighting for more retirement security. Several articles which I think... uh, if you're about to retire or you're a few years away from retirement, you would find uh, beneficial because the retirement situation has changed so much from when we retired t- uh, 12 years ago or 15 years ago that you need to reevaluate where you are and where you're going. So we wish you the best and we hope to see you on the road. And our retirement uh, can be held up as kind of a model, I think. We've done a great we job. We feel very fortunate. Yes. We're not rich, but uh, we certainly are able to not have to work, and we're able to do lots of things that we enjoy doing. But RVing, for us, is kind of a a way to travel without having a lot of expense once you have invested once you've pa- paid, once for, you've the paid rig. for the RV, right? right? Right. And for those of you who are paying for a rig with a mortgage, uh, maybe you don't realize that it's possible to take mm. a tax deduction for that mortgage as a second home. Yes. Uh, you need to research the fine details about that, but it's our impression the, that... Both the interest and the expenses that you have sometimes can be deducted. And there's a nice article that we're putting up here called Tax Deductions for RV Owners. And <laughs> I've kind of talked about this before. We have resisted taking any sort of advertising because we feel that advertising is really overplayed and and is much too prevalent in the RVing community as well as everywhere. So we've tried to make it so that you you when you listen to us, you know that it's us talking and not to our advertisers. But with that said, uh, I have we have thought about it using advertising and I would just charge a little bit of money to advertisers because I want the tax deduction of being able to travel and deducting it Uh, that would be a much bigger benefit for us than actually the income so if you're thinking along this line there's another article that I have on the website about doing this there are all sorts of things that you can do on the road these days and we have met many people who do work on the road and here we have uh, great Wi-Fi so it's uh, something that that you can work on the road as an editor or something. I don't know. And many people who have technology jobs find that they can continue doing them wherever they are. So why not be in an RV and see the world or the country at least yes. while you are generating an income? So a little bit of off topic is, is a new book that I'm in the process of reading. It's by Tim Wu, and it's called The Attention Merchants. And this has a lot to do with advertising because and you might want to take a listen to this book um, I put up here a link to an, uh, a Terry Gross re- interview with Tim Wu and the book is about how advertising has changed and is the internet free is is everything that we do that we watch and do how is it paid for and he comes to the conclusion that it's paid for with our attention and that you have X number of attention moments to give, and advertisers are working very diligently to get it. Now, we have the Consumer Reports model, which has no advertising, but you have to pay a fairly heavy price up front. It's gone. So the the wall there is the payment wall. And I think because the Internet started out for free, people are much less uh, what should I say? Well, motivated to pay for things because you just assume that everything should be for free. But Nothing is for free. Content providers cannot provide things for free, so they have to earn money. And one of the problems with the Internet is that it is 
uh, a wild open space and doesn't have to have the rules that uh, TV does, for instance. TV has a, a fixed amount of time that can be spent on advertising. With the Internet, that's just not the case. They are beginning to put ads everywhere on the Internet. And to do anything, I mean, YouTube used to be free-free. And these companies, though, are working at making uh, a profit. And, of course, Google search engines used to be free. Well, it seemed like it was free, but now Google is one of the largest companies in the world, and they traffic in information about you. Do you want to see ads that are for exactly the things that you want? And, of course, this is the the touchstone for any sort of advertiser. I want to be able to advertise to somebody who is searching for what I'm selling. But should Google have that information about me? Well, those of us who are old style have a lot of issues with our privacy, which I think young folks just kind of take for granted because that's the world that they've always lived in. Anyway, if you are interested in exploring this topic uh, in a little bit more detail and you would like to read this book, uh, as I mentioned, it's by Tim Wu, T-I-M-W-U, and it's called The Attention Merchants. Uh, and he, I'm just going to read the blurb here. Feeling attention challenged, even assaulted, American business depends on it. In nearly every moment of our waking lives, we face a barrage of messaging, advertising, enticements, branding, sponsored social media, and other efforts to harvest our attention. Few moments or spaces of our day remain uncultivated by the attention merchants, contributing to the distracted unfocused tenor of our times so that's the book and of course it's available as an audiobook it's available as a kindle book or ebook and it's available as a book book nobody <laughs> reads book books anymore <laughs> well that's why we all have these I, I'm spindly to, little arms i'm trying to read it as a kindle book <laughs> or as an ebook and the other thing that bothers me um i haven't read the book i've just listened to the podcast is I, I like to pride myself on thinking that i'm not being manipulated and in order to mm. avoid being manipulated you need to know what the manipulators are doing to try to ensnare you into their products and i certainly wrestle with the conundrum of seeing ads for baby diapers which i will never need and seeing ads for the latest rv gizmo which i might want to buy yeah but the, one of the things that amazon or and and google, google, google make a mistake about is they give you content about the thing that you just bought right so if I just bought a Wi-Fi router, I get all these ads for Wi-Fi routers, but I just bought one. And the other very interesting thing is no. when I'm on Google, I can see what Ken has been looking at Ooh, so that I know what he's been is. shopping for. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. But the bottom line is is that nothing comes free, and the Internet, although it seems free, is not free, and that all these companies have to find a way to make money, and they're doing it by grabbing your attention at uh, unusual moments. Things when your guard is down. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to distribute your Wi-Fi? How's that for a nice segue? Well, it's as good as you could do, I guess. <laughs> Who made these notes in this particular order? Well, this fits it exactly. Distributing the internet for free. Okay. Okay. So, uh, one of the big trends in Wi-Fi. Well, let's start off with uh, going back a little bit a step. Wi-Fi only goes 
and under best circumstances, about 150 yards, or no, 150 feet. And it has a hard time getting through solid well, things. And I think many people have had a problem that their house, they put the Wi-Fi router where the Internet comes into the house, in the basement or some sort of a closet, and then there's pockets in the house that don't have any Wi-Fi. Dead zones. <laughs> Dead zones. It used to be very expensive to solve this. Well, you could get a, a second router, but you had to run wires to it. and Then you had to log on and off depending on where you were in the house, right? Of course, that's what I've done in our house, but, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Nowadays days, the problem is being solved, and I'm sure you're noticing the benefits of this. It's called a mesh network. Mesh networks allow Wi-Fi to work a lot like the cell phone towers that you're used to using. And you know, it's We drive down the road at 70 miles an hour, and you're talking on the phone, or you're looking up things on the internet, and you can go for miles and miles, and it just seems like uh, there's seamless. a... Seamless. Seamless, right. And that's because you're being handed off from tower to tower, and it is seamless. I mean, and that's just fabulous. That's been available for cell phones for quite a while, but it has not been available, well, commonly available for... Wi-Fi. And, of course, Wi-Fi was always very local. And that uh, in campgrounds, they had to put up large antennas, uh, hoping to get the maximum distance to reach all the corners of the campground. Now, with mesh networks, you have one central server, kind of. It's a, it's a base station, an access point. But it also acts as the traffic cop for all the other base, all the other stations. So now, you can take and put repeaters elsewhere and they're all controlled by the main router so that if you are walking you can go between stations if you move between uh, rooms of your house it automatically logs you on to from one to another is this a practical thing for campgrounds to be getting into? Oh, oh, they are, clearly. Uh-huh. clearly. So it's not they, just for your house. Oh, no, 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 no. This You can have hundreds of Wi-Fi access points all connected up to one central point. And all for the users, all they see is one Wi-Fi network. And it's just seamless. No, this is this is what's changed why Wi-Fi is getting so much better in campgrounds. Because they can have these access points and they can have a lot of them and in many cases they're wireless now what does this mean for you good service why do i talk about this on this podcast well because there are several companies that are offering pre-configured mesh networks for your house you probably wouldn't need this in your rv one more router probably does a fine job but in your house it might be nice to have a mesh network to cover all the crooks and crannies in your house, all those spots that uh, are not covered. So, if you take a look at Google, right now they have the Google Mesh Wi-Fi package. So you buy three access points. They come as a package. They're all pre-configured. You plug one of them into the Internet at the main place where it comes into your house. And then... You place these other ones at strategic places throughout your house so that now you have three access points. So would it be safe to assume if you've got dead zones in your house, you should put the auxiliary stations in those dead zones? Well, not necessarily in the dead zone, but close by. I mean, I would want them kind of spaced you know, so that they are they're equally distant from the base station. The cool part about this whole process is, is that there's no configuration for you and... Once uh, they, the base stations are connected to the main station 
wirelessly. So they use one set of frequencies to talk among themselves, and then they then retransmit the signal to your computers and TVs and Roku boxes and all the other things that you have that use Wi-Fi uh, on another set of frequencies. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this allows you very simply for one with one package to expand the Wi-Fi in your house so that you have great coverage. There is a little bit of overhead in terms of uh, speed hits, but uh, basically most people have more than they need, so it's possible to bleed off a little bit and still have nice, fast Wi-Fi. So how does this sound? Like something like we need? I've done it wired, but... Next time around. Next time around, right. And a lot of people may find this. And and I should mention that Google is not the only company that is offering this. There are three or four other companies that are offering Wi-Fi mesh network packages so that they've made it easy so that you just plug it in. And if three isn't enough, if you have a very large house or a large area to cover, you can buy more of these little pucks and uh, set them out. And these are nice little looking. They don't, uh, <laughs> they're kind of like Isolas. Alexa. Creepy. Are you into Alexa? No. But or Echo? I'm from the generation that used to have to get up to turn the channels, change the channels on the TV set. So the idea... Change the channels with, the idea with, a, with, of a, with a... Sitting on my keister and getting all this information. Seems, you didn't have a, a remote control on your no. TV? No. I had a black and white TV when I was a kid. I had a manual remote control. What? Click, 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 click. No, we had nothing. Really? We had to get up. Well, we had kind of an interesting conversation with our niece and uh, her husband this morning because they love their Alexa and Echo. Even though it spies on them. Well, I don't know if it does. That's creepy. But what do you guys think? Is this something that you want? It's very convenient, I'm sure. And to have all your questions answered without having to get your keister off the couch is a wonderful thing. But what does it do? So it plays music. Doesn't it? Can't you ask it questions like what's playing at the center for? Yeah, she's probably spying on you too. Only when I press the button. (laughs) As far as you know. As far as I know, right. And now that we're still talking about streaming, I have to ask my listeners a serious question here. Have you heard of the Black Chip Pro? I hadn't, and I don't know exactly what it does, but it, they talk about the fact that you can stream hundreds of channels without having to pay for them. <laughs> I talk about <laughs> this might be an undercover box. I'm not sure. Uh, I would like to find somebody who's used it because I'd like to see what it does, but it apparently hooks up to your Wi-Fi, and you choose all sorts of streaming channels. As we've just gotten done with talking about how there's no free lunch in the world. Well, this is a way to get around the free. There's got to be free a lunch catch. for free. Gotta be a yeah, catch. there's a yeah, and I have the, the box costs about $250 and I don't know whether it's worth it, but it sounds cool. But of course, you will find a link to that, although it's blackchip.com, but I've done some searches to try to find uh what it does and how it works and how Are they based in the Cayman Islands? Oh, the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> Milk, your your box comes from Hong Kong. <laughs> Could well be, yes, indeed. I don't know, but I haven't actually tried one, but I would be very interested to hear. Has up to 4K resolution now that I have a 4K TV. And now we're going to talk about the GoPro. Yeah, another knockoff. We have to rest in peace for my GoPro. 
Some of us are not very well organized, and we leave things hither and yon, and especially small things tend to disappear. And now that we have two homes, we have to wait to totally investigate both homes before we can decide that things have really disappeared. I thought my GoPro was in the motorhome. It has really disappeared. My GoPro, I don't know what happened to it. It disappeared. This is a problem. And, of course, GoPros are fairly expensive. I mean, it's easy to spend 400 bucks on a GoPro. We don't even want to think about that part. Yeah, well, I seem to have misplaced. It's in the Bermuda Triangle somewhere. <laughs> misplaced my GoPro. Uh, if anybody finds it, please let me know. I found the accessories and the mounts and all that sort of stuff. Oh, good. But I can't find the camera. <laughs> Does that mean you have too much technology? Yeah. No, I mean, well, so I had just kind of given up on it. I just said, I'm not going to yeah, use it. Yeah, we looked GoPro. everywhere we could yeah, think of. Yeah, I looked everywhere. And I've tried to find it and just can't find it. But over the Christmas holidays, I was reading a great review of a GoPro knockoff. And I bought it from B&H. I guess that tells you that I've replaced the GoPro. But I wasn't going to spend 400 bucks. Merry Christmas to Ken from Ken. Right. So I bought instead the SJ Cam SJ4000, which is an exact duplicate replica of the GoPro with actually some new and ad more advanced features. And I actually like it better than the GoPro, I think. But it is only $80. What a difference. And it came with a ton of accessories. So of they have got the GoPro out of business? Well, GoPro is, is having severe after their <laughs> dis drone disaster. Uh -huh. <laughs> their drones were burning up. GoPro has, I think we mentioned even last time, has let go a bunch of people and mm. is in financial. Well, they just can't justify the cost of $400 and when you can get one for 80 That's better. So if you, too, are thinking of, oh, it's, Christmas is over, sorry, but if your birthday's coming up and you're thinking of getting a GoPro and you don't want to spend $400, take a look at the SJ Cam. And, of course, you'll find a link to this on our web, website, too. But it seems to, it came with a ton of accessories, including a waterproof case, as well as uh, tripod mounts and and all sorts of other things. And it's got a something the GoPro doesn't have, and that's a nice color screen so you can see what you're taking pictures of. So I think it's actually a better camera. It's same specs, so losing high definition. your old one was a blessing in disguise. Well, I would never want to admit that, but this getting a new one has not stopped my, my interest in, in this product. But $400 did stop my interest in that product. So now that you're generating oodles and oodles of photographs once again with your GoPro, we are reminded that many people do not bother to back up their pictures at all, uh -huh. which is just mind-boggling to us. Right. And this is brought up by listening to a podcast where a professional photographer went to Europe, took up 50,000 pictures or something, came home and said, ah, my apartment door is unlocked went into the apartment and it had been ransacked and they stole 12 hard drives whoa full of her life's work she's a professional photographer oh. she relies on the pictures her and her money and as we talk about retirement that was going to be that is her you know her life's work and her retirement they stole her hard drives and she's lost all of her pictures. Can you imagine that? No. She lost all of her pictures. 
you just can't imagine a professional photographer. I mean, she had backups. But they stole them, too. But they were on the hard drives uh-huh. that she had next mm-hmm. to her computer or wherever they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, she backed up her pictures. Well, then one of the other alternatives that I hear a lot about these days is backing things up to the cloud. But I've also listened to two different podcasts mm-hmm. where people were subscribing to cloud storage sources that crapped out on them for one reason or another and that many of their photographs were irretrievable yes so what do you do well my my philosophy is is that because of the quantity of the pictures and the size of the pictures that i take i can't back up to the cloud it's just not practical i mean i right now have over three terabytes of pictures three terabytes my photo library from last year was 900 mega 900 gigabytes that's just not practical to put up on the web but so, even if you aren't taking as many as you do companies go out of business and right break and- right so i mean backing up these days the backup solutions are actually very cheap but what she didn't do what she should have done is you need to keep something off site yeah you know if you're house goes up in flames and your your backups are in your house there go your there go all your pictures we have some stored in a safe deposit box but what i've been doing lately is putting them in the rv i have a a whole separate hard drive full of uh, my backups here in the rv and because the rv is not at home uh, that's, uh, to me, a reasonable sort of backup. To diversify, yeah. Of course, another option is to trade swap hard drives with a friend. You keep his backups, and he keeps your backups, and you update them once in a while. But the other thing that still bothers me is that formats of things change, and certainly we have old software and videos no. and stuff that we can't use or view anymore. Well, the only real way to do it is to print it. <laughs> So we go back, I'm not going to bridge Back to the black and white TV where I change the channels by getting uh, off the Well, I, I mean, seriously, the only really viable option is uh, printing. But, of course, JPEGs are really something that's been around for since the early days of photography, and I expect they'll be around for, for quite a long time more. There's no real push to move away from JPEGs. Well, despite all these worries, uh, we read an interesting article that offers some alternatives to backing up your mm-hmm. pictures, and you're going to put a link on the website to give people some other possibilities besides just keeping them all on their camera card, which we see a lot of people do. Right. When we travel with... Yeah, that's something I didn't even thought about. <laughs> we travel with people, and they have them all... On all their, their camera card. And, and I, they say, oh, I need help, uh, or you, you, they want to give me a picture or something, and they give me their card, and it has... The last seven years... 13,000 pictures on one card, and I'm thinking, what happens if this card goes bad which, which i've had happen which, to me right or gets wet or something boy you just get say how could you possibly not have this card backed up which would easily fit on a 25 dollar hard drive oh well and of course the pictures are small enough so that they could actually do a, a, a cloud a web backup or uh-huh, a cl- uh-huh. cloud backup but of course if you have an iphone or something they automatically go up to the cloud but they're of lower quality and i want to keep a full quality so 
Enough technology. Let's talk about food. Food! Um, having just come off of a, a month of giant eating, holiday eating, we want to recommend a totally non-RV <laughs> product, which impressed us. Um, some of the family members that we holidayed with are foodies, and so we're always looking for ways to get something new and impress them just a little bit. And we came this across... This is an eclectic show. Um, a huge apple pie that you but can buy... But this was the best apple pie I've ever had. That you Bar buy none, frozen. Even the, ones you, even the ones you make at home. And then you thaw it out and you cook it in your own oven. This and is... it was like an ice cream bomb, if you know what those are. It contained 18... 18? Really, that many? Hand sliced and packed in. So the pie was about, what, 10 inches high? At no, least. 12 inches high? And covered with with uh, crust. It was, it was fabulous. And it came with dry ice, uh, frozen. It was very tasty. I don't know about you, but a lot of apple pies that I have, well, they're either like too, I have apple pies very often. They're runny or they're too saucy without enough apples. Right. Those and they have, they have kind of a lot of sugar with in a gelatin sauce that's around the apples. And this this was virtually 100% apple-y. apples mm-hmm. with some cinnamon and stuff. With good crust. Great crust. And it, and it was handmade. So it came from the Blue Owl restaurant in Missouri, but we'll put up the website so you can order it. you want to take a look, own. I'm going to put a picture there, too, so you want to take a look at the picture. If our description because, was inadequate. <laughs> because this pie looks like a top hat. It's so tall, and it was uh, extremely tasty. And while we're thinking about baking, we want to talk about baking in your RV. Okay. Many RVs come with propane ovens that are a bit of a challenge to use, so people give up and don't try at all. I liked when I had a propane oven in in our trailer. I liked it better than I have than I like what we have now. But there's an article that we're going to link to that gives you some good suggestions to make your outcome come a bit better. From my perspective, the two biggest problems were using uh, baking sheets or pans that were too big for that oven. You want to consciously buy containers that give the air enough room to circulate. And the other thing that this person recommends is putting a pizza stone yeah. in the bottom. That seems of like a really good your idea. oven that makes Uniform. the heat flow a little mm-hmm. more evenly distributed because you had to keep an eye on it um, otherwise things would get burned on the bottom and stay raw on the top so those are good suggestions that they give and the idea of rotating your food halfway through it if you're making something that takes a little longer to uh-huh. bake because having an oven in your rig is is an asset and something that you should be using but how about that as compared to just the toaster oven? The toaster oven is fine, too. It's just small. Would the same rules apply? Yeah, but it's even smaller than my propane oven was. Which, do you cook successfully in your toaster yes, oven? Yes, but I've accumulated small dishes. And for the two of us, that's fine. But things like, like at home, I would make a dozen cupcakes, and here I have to make six at a time. Uh-huh. And that would probably be true in your propane-fueled oven as well. Well, my mouth is really getting dry. And it's getting near the time. For champagne? For champagne, yeah. Oh! So, let's pop it open. Well, it's nearing midnight, ladies and gentlemen, and it's time for us to open the champagne and get the party started, right? And get a little rockets. Before we do, yes, we bought this very expensive champagne. Are you sure? Uh-huh. And I have a new app that I want to share with our listeners. And this app is called Vivino. Uh-huh. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. <laughs> but the app lets you get all the reviews of the liquor that you're buying, the wine or champagne in this case that you're buying, and it tells you uh, if you got a good price and gives you reviews. And Does I've it wrote... work with box wine? 
Oh, I don't know. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving it away. <laughs> well, I'm not alone. <laughs> okay, so so I'm going to take a picture of the line. Yes, of the label. Of the, of the, of the label. label. Can people hear? But well, they can hear it. Okay. So that's the picture, and now I say. Find out all you can find out about this wine, and I should have paid ten dollars and eleven cents for it. Did you? I bought it at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the best bubbly you could buy. Anyway, yeah, you guys, idea. if you want to listen to, if you want to have a kind of a cool app for checking out the wines that you buy, you might want to check out with uh, Vivino, V I V I N O, and of course there will be a link on our website. But we don't want to waste any time. So here it goes. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I opened it. With napkins. Oh, it's not going to go blasting into the... Well, there is one place in our old house that's still pink from the pink champagne. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoa! It is, it is overflowing. Yes. Here. Okay, glasses. Glass. Nothing but the best. Okay. So, that kind of welcomes in the New Year's Eve, and it's almost midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> so we'll we'll clink to the uh, to the new year. Clink Happy our New Year, glasses. <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen of the airwaves, you've probably guessed that we're not here by ourselves anymore. We're not. <laughs> we're not. Uh, on the spur of the moment, uh, because we are here at our campsite in TGO, I sent out an email asking some of our listeners if they wanted to come and join us for the New Year's Eve party. And surprisingly enough, they showed up. They showed up. <laughs> so, we have some guests, and we're going to have some guest interviews to welcome in 2017. We thought it would be fun for you to hear some voices besides ours. Oh, yes. Yes, we get boring. We know that. So, uh, sitting with us right now are Ed and Carrie, and they are uh, also owners here at TGO, the great outdoors in Titusville, Florida. Oh, and I have to say, it's 70 degrees, and it's beautiful. Rub it in, rub it in, rub it in. And it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> It literally is New Year's Eve. So, welcome to uh, welcome to our house uh, near your house. <laughs> well, thank you, Ken and Martha. You're not the only ones here, but we're going to have uh, a few interviews and, and chat with folks. But uh, the recording studio facilities are limited, yes. so we have to do this in shifts. <laughs> so, how did you get into RVing? It, take a nice long answer, so I can have some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've been camping, Carrie and I have been camping for a while, uh, tents, and we started with a one-inch mattress, oh. went to a four-inch mattress, and then last, about a year and a half ago, we rented an RV and, and went to an escapees rally and took, took, oh, really? the, an escape. took, uh -huh. took the boot camp. And, and, That's uh, a great way of doing it. And um, How'd you find the boot camp? Fall. Was it useful? Oh, it was useful, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And you could recommend that for newbies? Mm -hmm. Yes. I would recommend it. Even for, in retrospect? Yes. I would recommend it for newbies, but if you're... Beyond newbies, probably not. Yeah. Just like uh, I said, Numar. Is, yeah. We've got a Numar also. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to the uh, their factory pickup. Being a newbie, that was great you for us. You had a lot sure. to learn. We, we learned a lot. I mean, spending a week with a technician was... Fabulous. Well, fabulous. I mean, not only did they go through all the systems... But they also took us out on the road several times. And made you comfortable with driving. We were, we were comfortable enough so when we left. I wonder, do all manufacturers have factory pickup? I don't know. So that's that's a nice option that Numar definitely offers you. And so you, how did you pick your Numar? Because you had lots of choices. I mean, you were new and, and didn't have anything to trade in or anything, right? Correct. So you could pick any brand you wanted. 
Exactly. And, and we decided with the new mar just listening to yourselves, <laughs> uh, listening to others, reading and so forth. We found that uh, it seemed like Numar was the best quality for, for even though they're not as inexpensive as, as other brands, uh, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And we've, ha- we've bought a new 2016 and I'd say uh, a very short list of punch list of, of, of items. Uh-huh. We've, so we've is it going back soon? No, it, I mean, right at the moment it's working great. We've uh-huh. already, uh, we picked it up. We spent uh, seven weeks in the upper Midwest, uh-huh. came back to the Numar factory. They fixed the bugs, and we're, we've been out on the road uh, visiting family in Florida. And you bought a house here at TGO. Mm-hmm. You're, you're full-timers here. Yes. TGO, not full time on the road, but residents. Yes. Unlike uh, us, we we can say that Ken and Martha have a bit, to, and Keith and Eileen, who we <laughs> talked to, uh, to later, have have a bit to to say about uh, buying a TGO because we had, we were just in the process of looking for uh-huh. a place, and and when Keith. Uh, did an interview on, on your oh, podcast. Really? Um, well, that's interesting to that know. That brought you yes. here? That, uh, well, that was one of the reasons cool. was, uh, we, we came here. It was what we were looking for, uh, um, an RV community rather than... And an RV community in that you have a garage that, that's, that's air-conditioned and things? Yes. yes. Wow. That's Luxury. Cool. So when we're here in the summer, the RV is in out in the sun roasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you're busy on New Year's Eve, right? We're busy on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> busy with us. Exactly. We know that you have a uh, another engagement, so we'll let you go. Thanks for coming and visiting us. So next on the list of uh, of uh, listeners who've uh, come Impromptu to visit us. Impromptu party attendees. All right. <laughs> and people even brought food. Can you believe that? Oh, mm. campers Looks are the good. best. Looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listeners are the best. We have uh, Iggy and Cindy. Who? Uh, how long have you guys owned here? Uh, we. Have, this is our second year. Here. Second year. So you're like us, right? And don't tell us we influenced you. Yes. Well, sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> what happened is we were over by Orlando, uh-huh. and we came over for one day and just looked at yeah. the place. And then we heard on your podcast that you had purchased a uh-huh. lot here. We had set up for like a three-month, you know, stay, a rental. Uh-huh. you know, to rent and just see if we liked it. And we came last year and said, "Well, you can only have one month because we're so busy." Yeah. So we ended up deciding that we liked the site that we found, uh-huh. and so we stayed. So you bought good. the site that you yes. rented? No, no, no. we oh, bought one somewhere. nearby. Yeah, we bought nearby. January seventh yeah. was our purchase date. Yeah. So this will be our second year here. Sounds good. So, and what are you uh, RVing in? We have a Thor Tuscany XTE. And that's how long? 42 foot. Oh, so it's like ours. Similar to yeah. ours. And you happy with it? Yes. Yes. Yep. We, it's our second one. Our second So RV. you've been RVing for a while. Yeah, you know, this is you know, about five years. And you were talking about going on a caravan. Yes, we went on the same caravan you did, uh-huh. but, but the following year. And did you enjoy it too? Yes, we enjoyed it very much. Can you recommend a caravan for? Absolutely, because we got to do things I think we would not have done otherwise. Uh-huh. If we had gone on our own, it would be hard to hunt up all the different. I would agree know, with different you. things. But to me, the disadvantage is being <laughs> under their schedule. Under the right, schedule, right? And right. the first week was kind of hard. I felt oh, yeah. because of that, a lot of driving and moving well, quickly. We put like a lot of miles on that whole trip. Right, well, you some of these were miles, or we're not morning necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And as we were told, if you're not there at eight o'clock when the bus yeah, goes, then yeah. you're a pedestrian. And so we decided yeah. that we would become 
morning larks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you almost have to. Yeah, yeah, do. yeah. so you, you have to follow their schedule, but the right. schedule is good. Yes. yes. But and it's nice to have somebody scout out the campgrounds for you. Right. And you know they're going to be quality campgrounds and not have mm. a lot of issues. Well, <laughs> as best they have. Yeah. As best it's, they have. Yes. One campground I was at, we were, we backed in and. They said, well, you're not having sewer here. But I went over there and looked, and there was this nice big sewer thing. And I thought, oh, good. I took my sewer hose, hose and put it down in there, but I didn't open the valve. And the campground guy comes around and says, what the hell is this? I said, well, it's a, you know, it's a sewer hose. He says, no, that's the fresh water valve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they just used a sewer hose to... to <laughs> So yes. you don't always get the best. Well, the best they have available. They have, yeah. Well, that's Canada. Yes, yeah. Canada, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. But we, but we, we really enjoyed. I almost embarrassed myself big time. If <laughs> I pulled that valve, <laughs> I would have. Uh, we need to tell the story about your RV. Ours. You almost bought our RV. Yes. Oh, that's yes. right. You, yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. You did. Right. We happened to be yeah, in the same dealership. Yeah, because we met you in Georgia. Brunswick. Right. right. And yeah. we met that you in Brunswick, Georgia. But we looked at this RV. And then decided it didn't quite meet what we wanted. And then the following month, you talked on your yeah, your yeah. podcast that you were in Grand Rapids, Michigan, picking up the, this, this RV. RV. And you knew exactly what we were right. talking we knew, about. Yep. <laughs> well, when we saw this one, we said, this is it. Yeah. We knew exactly, because we've been looking for quite a while. Well, so yeah. what didn't you like about it? We weren't quite sure we wanted to quite go that big yet oh, at that time. So you bought a 42. Right. Instead well, we went to an RV rally. It's uh -huh. an adjustment. You have to get used are, to the idea. 32. <laughs> and we went to an RV rally, and those are dangerous places yes, to yes. go. Yes. And they just happened to have the coach for sale that we now own. <laughs> And, and we so, traded in, and so, so and now everybody's happy. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, I'm really glad you left this one at the dealer for us. For us. <laughs> yes, I don't know how long it was there, but I don't think it was there too long. I don't. No, think it not was too. There too long. Well, I think they tend to turn stuff over pretty quickly at that. Well, they try to. I'm yeah. sure. And of course, we left it sit there for two months while we went to Japan. We weren't planning on buying it, but that was goodness. Well, thanks very much for coming out and visiting us. You're welcome. Us. We, thanks we for having us and helping us celebrate. So very fun. Clink the glasses. Clink, clink, clink. Happy New Year. Of everything for 2017. Before we start with our next guest, we need we need some more champagne. Let's see what happens here. This is a, a banner year for the RV Navigator. Okay, here we go. I'm I'm looking at the faces of these people. Okay. Oh, that was good. Good job. Oops. Good job. Okay, so can Martha get some? Okay. A little bit of uh, cork in there. <laughs> we hear the owl the in the background. That's camping. Pass it around. <laughs> so uh, we're now meeting with Keith and Eileen, and we can honestly say that we know we did not influence you as to your being here, being here at, at TGO. But in fact, you probably helped influence us. Really? Yes. Yeah, probably. But you have kind of an interesting uh, RV yourself. We have an older RV. We have a well. 2000 a classic. Yes. A 2000 Beaver. And Beaver is really an interesting... You've talked about this before on our podcast, mm -hmm. but uh, Beaver is your passion. Well, uh, Beaver was built in what is my hometown uh -huh. in Bend, Oregon, That's right. originally. So I was familiar with the coach. And truthfully, it was a little above my price range when I was yeah, younger. Yeah. 
So uh, I was happy to find one. Yeah. And you've done a lot to it. You showed us just this you year. You really made it trip. current. We're, we're working on it. You, took a, you actually took it back to Bend? Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we had rhino coating put on the front end, so it's the paint matches. Which sounds gross. Yes. But it actually looks very good. What do you mean it sounds gross? Well, rhino coating is this kind of like for lumpy, truck bags, lumpy, stuff? bumpy, uh-huh. white, black. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, it, but you had matched the color and it looks really nice. Yes, and we d- had the same thing done to the roof. Then we did a lot to the interior. Yeah, and of course the interior is not finished. This is a second home, so it's perpetual. I'm I'm sure we've got a lot more updates to uh-huh. come. We know what you mean. <laughs> but you put in a residential fridge. Well, that was, that was out of necessity, but uh-huh. yeah, we we put in a residential fridge. We took the uh, gas stove out, put it in an induction cooktop. Uh-huh. Took the propane tank out, so now I have an extra bay for storage. Yeah, yeah. You can never have enough storage. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, because it's a two thousand two stored or two thousand period 2000. stored indoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in it's, it's in beautiful. great shape. So that was that's really nice to hear. So where have you been since we talked to you? Here, Titusville. <laughs> <laughs> all summer. All the summer. All the summer. All summer. So we went to Banff, Lake Louise. Uh, this was on your trip to get the motorhome. Before yes. or after? North Dakota, <laughs> uh-huh. Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Oh, that's where a else, cool place. Where else did we go? We were in Louisiana in rain. Yeah, we've been we've been traveling a lot in 2016. We were probably gone over seven months. Wow. Our kind of people. <laughs> so we covered about 11,000 miles. Wow! This year, congratulations. So this, that's a lot. Well, people actually. ask a lot about whether older coaches can handle it. Um, actually, in some cases, better than some of the newer. I think coaches. so too. I mean, I would not be afraid to buy an older quality coach. Well, keep in mind that you're talking about diesel engines right. that Which are designed for, for trucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Million mile trucks. Yes. So it's it, that's not really the concern. It's no. Main- maintenance. Yes, I think. And it's going to be maintenance with anything. Yeah. Maintenance and upkeep. You know, we wanted and 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 up remodeling. You know, we wanted to huh. updating everything. Yeah, you yeah. know, because we do like the coach a lot. Yeah, we, we like the floor plan. We like the floor plan a lot. We're real happy with it. We don't see any reason to trade it in for something else. Right. We'll just update it. Yeah, and we have. And I think it. you can continue to do that. Yeah. And you said you're going to put a glass dash on it. Uh, <laughs> there's no way to show this on the radio yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or on a podcast, but her eyes go blinking. <laughs> <laughs> Last day. They hear my, my eyes blinking. For those folks who don't know what a glass dash is, glass dash is an electronic dashboard without moving gauges. Without moving electronic. gauges, and it replaces essentially the dash, the rear view cameras, the side view cameras, mm-hmm. the uh, and anything else that you see on the dashboard. <laughs> well, the wet base stuff. Yeah. The, oh, that stuff too. That's on there too. Uh, it's all on there, so it's uh, pretty slick. But that's that's probably towards the end of my current mm-hmm. update series. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a major investment. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it is. And and, but, but again, we belong to a club, the Beaver Ambassador uh-huh. Club, and people are keeping their beavers, mm-hmm. and they are updating them. Mm-hmm. But, and that keeps time. their value, too. Yes, they do. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the first one they update. but <laughs> No. Well, they've been around for a while, and, and it can be done in less than a day. So Really? Yes, with our coach. Because they've done so many of them. They've done so many of them, updated so many of the beavers Uh that when we pulled in and had the the residential refrigerator and the induction cooktop, and Uh we also had our pantry 
had drawers yeah. in it yeah. besides the wire racks yeah. and stuff. Had it in day and a half. Wow. Wow. Did, they didn't have to take out your windshield then? No. Oh. For the refrigerator? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. they did? Yeah. Not but, the windshield. No, they took or out the one of the side, side, side doors. Side doors, yeah. yeah. Some, it yeah. depends yeah. on but what. But they, they, so, they had it down to a science. You weren't the first one. We are. Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that, the that's, and the glass dash is the same way. He's That's an outfit out of Oregon, and he's done enough So coaches. I have the opportunity to have that done, too? Huh? Absolutely. <laughs> We'll see about that. It's next time I've been It's it's not much more than a couple of uh, quadcopters. <laughs> I see. We all have our vices, yeah. huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's really nice chatting with you again, Thanks and uh, so we're very happy coming. to be here at TGO. We'll see you again. We're down to well, I don't want to say the last, but uh, you can say the last. Our neighbor, our neighbor across the street, Doug and Sally. But Sally's not here. Or where is she? Uh, she had to go back to Rhode Island for a little business and personal reasons. And so uh, cold, with the family. Yeah. So, so you were checking the temperature up there. Yes, it was, uh, but <laughs> surprisingly, yesterday <laughs> we need to, was we need ten degrees cooler up there yesterday than it was here because yesterday was the coldest day I've ever seen in, in Florida. It was yesterday was, down was the, winter down to forty. Yeah, but today well, it's back again. Beautiful. Yeah. There was a My one day winter. That's that's good enough, yeah, right? My thermometer said thirty three this morning, so yeah. that's pretty cold. So, what's your RVing experience? Oh, uh, this is our fifth coach, wow. our second diesel. Uh, so we've been doing so it for about twenty years or so, a little yeah. bit more than that. We got introduced to TGO through the podcast, Are you like kidding? so many other people. Yes. <laughs> so, what are you driving now? Uh, we're driving a Tiffin Phaeton, a forty foot Tiffin Phaeton. Uh-huh. So we were on a trip uh, last year, an extended trip out shooting in Yellowstone, doing photography and video and stuff out in Yellowstone. And we have family in Utah. We stopped there, and we accidentally went to a dealer there and found the perfect mod, the perfect. Just uh, really, but just bought it on the spot. Yeah, yeah, that's the way we usually do it. Yeah, so <laughs> it also was just sitting on the lot. Well, it was a 2015. It yeah. was October. 2015, so they were kind of closing uh, it out because uh-huh. the two 2016s were already coming in, and uh, so we got a pretty good deal on it. It was the perfect floor plan that we uh-huh, wanted. Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, so critical. Yes, because we knew that. Well, if we don't get this one, we're going to look for another. When we do, are ready in a year or two, because right, right. that was our plan to wait another year or two. We're not going to find what we want, but this right. one was perfect how we wanted. It. Like the that's color, the like way the floor we plan. It. Yeah, we saw it, and so uh, we made an offer on it. We bought it, and so um, and lived happily ever after. Yes. Well, yeah. After we stopped at Tiffin, so <laughs> the, it was it, it had. Eight 1,800 miles on the odometer because it had driven from oh, Tiffin yeah, to Utah. Yeah, yeah. And then we drove it right back to the factory. So, it, uh-huh. so it, then we probably should have picked it up at the factory. Well, if is known this we an indictment doing. of uh, Tiffin? Well, you know. A brand new coach, you had to go back to the factory? Uh, there were some things that needed to be worked on, that's for sure. So like, we took it back. Uh, uh, slides weren't working right, which, of course, they didn't even fix correctly at the factory. Really? That was the main thing, was a slide that wasn't, it was making a lot of noise coming in uh-huh. and out. And then even though they said they fixed it, we still had to get it fixed correctly Re-fixed. later in the later uh-huh, in the uh-huh, summer, uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. Last summer after we got back to Rhode Island. Yeah, I mean, because you hear Tiffin, high quality. That's what we want. Yeah, we yeah. had previously had a Thor. I'd never buy a Thor again. Yeah, uh, we had three of those already and it's uh-huh. like i'll never buy from that brand ever again so i thought well we'll go with tiffin but of course it has its break-in stuff also but yeah. overall it's been a pretty good coach so um so if you buy a beaver you don't have to worry about it yeah that's it's what already, i've heard it's, it's been well broken <laughs> heard. so as we were driving down to the tiffin factory it was like well do we really want to take this new coach back to rhode island and park it in the winter and uh-huh. have the snow and oh, ice yeah, and the yeah. thick frost so freezing never been in the cold. and the thawing no it's never been in the cold Ooh. well almost so on the way down to tiffin we were like thinking well ken and martha talked about this tgo place <laughs> no. we should go check it. We, you know if, yeah. we were thinking 
we should get some place to store it in Florida. Then we can go down yeah, and get yeah, it out of yeah, storage yeah, units. And then it's like, well, why get some place to store it? We should get some place to park it. Then we could go down and yeah, use it. Yeah. Be there. And then it's like, well, why rent a place? We should buy some place. <laughs> so just a, a, a slippery slope as yeah. we as we drove southeast to get down here. Uh, so we thought... Not an impulsive decision at all. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, so we're... As we're driving. <laughs> yes, as we're driving, we're looking at others. So we'll, well, you know, they chose TGO, but what if yeah. there's other stuff? Yeah. So we're looking online the yeah, whole way yeah, we're driving down, looking at different options. And by the time we had gotten to Tiffin, we pretty much eliminated everything else for one reason. I thought, mm-hmm. well, we're going to TGO. We're going there anyway. I'd been down to Titusville yeah. working at NASA several times if, mm-hmm. uh, in the past, and I like this. I've always liked this yeah. area, so I thought this is perfect. So um, we came down, uh, spent three days here, bought a lot, and then went back to Rhode Island for a month or so, and then drove back down and left the coach here for the winter. Sounds good. And then you bought a second lot. Yes. Well, so last year we were here for about six or seven weeks or so, and I had to fly back and forth to Rhode Island a couple times for business, but basically we were here for a couple of months. The kind of work I do, I could do that anywhere, and I didn't have really enough room to work in the coach. So it's like this year, it's like, well, we'd like to spend the whole winter down there, but I can't work out of the coach. I need more space. Yeah, yeah. So we bought Just a second. Just hard drives alone. Exactly. <laughs> so we bought a second lot uh, last summer in July, sight unseen, just by looking at the TGO website. We bought a site, uh, sight unseen, that has what they call an executive suite. Yeah. So it's got a like a 14 by 17 building on it with a laundry room and a bathroom and everything that I've turned that into my office. So we actually have two sites, one we live on and one the office, and it's a about a it's a minute and 15 commute by golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> I've timed it's, it. It's a, a minute nice, 15. And a nice text. You know, and you go right past the pool on the way. So if you want to stop and go for a swim on the way to work, you can. <laughs> now that's that's <laughs> commuting. <laughs> that's commuting. Yes. And so you have kind of an interesting job. Uh, I work in the television business. So mm-hmm. I'm a, basically a TV cameraman. So, mm-hmm. um, but I work for myself. I have my own production company. And I travel around quite a bit teaching classes for uh, Sony, other classes that people hire me to come in and teach. And then also in my spare time, I like to go out and shoot stock footage at yeah. the national uh, parks, uh, wildlife refuges, that kind of stuff. And that's another reason why TGO is so yeah, great yeah. here because I can. there's abundant wildlife to go out and shoot. That all pays for the cost of being a TGO. That's fabulous. Yeah, so it's good. Because we're not retired yet. We're, we're both oh, 55, right. so we've got a few years to go before we retire. But geezers we can do business from here. Yes, geezers in training, yes. Yep. Well, we hope we set a good we're example We're definitely become snowbirds now. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Well, Doug, it's been really nice knowing you, and uh, we're glad to have you as a neighbor just across the street. And uh, uh, We've enjoyed the podcast. We, we'll have to. We'll have to we've listened uh, to every single one of them, by the way. Uh, wow. <laughs> we'll have to get together with Sally and both of you when uh, she comes back. So, yes, that would be great. And she's sorry she couldn't make it. And the friends yet to meet in campgrounds near us. And we hope to see all of you at a campground near us in the not-too-distant future. We will be in a few, and we know that you'll be coming down to visit us at TGO next year, and the RV Navigator New Year's Eve party will be bigger. bigger. (laughs) And people will make plans. We will make plans to have it. We'll we'll plan it better than we did this time. So we're very happy that you listened to us, and we're glad that you are enjoying the podcast, and we hope to hear from you and take a look at the website for all of the good information and some pictures from tonight. Happy travels. Bye Bye for now.